0: You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Craft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Craft. Well, hello, everybody. This is Gail Kraft from the Empowering Process Podcast, and I want to thank you for joining me today. And today I have a dear friend. We are, who knows where this conversation is going to go. And this is Greg Kuhn. Hi, Greg. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Hi, Gail. I've been looking forward to this.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's going to be so much fun. So Greg's got a business, a book, a process called Manifesting the Big Stuff right? So, um, and he has done this, but what we want to do is kind of talk a little bit about why you even do this. There was a time in your life, as there was in mine, I talk about, you know, ready to sell pencils on the corner, not knowing where I was going to get my next meal, right? When you weren't really manifesting the big stuff and what happened, first of all, where were you? And what happened that you went... I need to do things differently. And here's what I'm going to do.
1: Very interesting. My story, not unusual. Uh, There's a there's a a fountainhead of pain, turmoil and tragedy. And uh, I've I encountered quantum physics. uh, Mid 90s, I started reading about it. I was fascinated, particularly because as a history major, I have always loved how science has guided uh, the reasons human do, humans do things the way we do them. The science of the first scientific revolution essentially established all the protocols for how life works in the Western world that led to the modern world. And quantum physics was taking Newtonian physics and turning it upside down. Yeah, And I could see that we were in the middle of a second scientific revolution, one that was going to be incredibly transformative because the science behind it, quantum physics, is so much more precise in describing how our universe functions. Uh, So I really got the idea. And uh, there was a lot of looking back in retrospect i wasn't that far off but i really got the idea that quantum physics was was letting us know that we were architects of our reality that we played an integral role in the reality that we manifest and experience and i decided that with the proper amount of positivity i could make anything happen so i went all in uh, on a, a a real estate business, and I did things that were logically unwise, financially unsound, uh, the way that I went about it. And quite honestly, and, and this speaks to my naivete, so i 'm going to be vulnerable here, quite honestly, my jumping in so foolishly, my going all in so foolishly, was part in my mind. Of adhering to the principles that I was ascribing to, that the no doubt that I know this will be successful. And I supported my actions, not just with purchases and, you know, getting, you know, getting the business off the ground and going whole hog with it. I journaled every day about positivity. I focused on only thinking positively. I meditated on positive uh, thoughts about the business. I spoke only in positive ways. I mean, I would pause and take a moment to frame it in a positive way anytime I spoke about the business. That's how committed I was to making it turn out, and I just knew that it would, and, and it didn't. <laughs> uh, in, in, it it didn't. it It came crashing down, uh, and there are there are some you know, some logical, um, uh, outer world explanations that uh, contribute to that. Uh, but I was so over leveraged and so over, uh, head over heels invested that it put me in a place where I was going to have to declare bankruptcy. I was going to have 14 foreclosures. I was going to be a million dollars in debt and to top it off my wife, uh, Hold the plug and move to North Carolina. I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was a single father of three boys, um, sixth grade, fourth grade, and second grade, trying to deal with this mess. And I, I did it. Well, the first thing was I said, F all that quantum physics and positivity, obviously. The worst part of it for me, Gail, was how the how I felt the rug had been pulled out from under me. How God uh, or whatever label we want to give had said, "Greg, I'm going to show you what happens when when someone as worthless as you has the audacity to think that you can have something like this." I'm not simply not going to give it to you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm I'm going to destroy you financially for the rest of your life and. I'm going to make sure that for the rest of your life, every time your family sees you or thinks of you, you're going to be that guy who ruined everything.
0: That's what happens
1: to someone like you
0: if you try,
1: if you dare to dream yourself worthy of this. That's where I was.
0: Let's interject here. I love it. I love that you went there. I, I think you and I talked about my book, The Empowering Process, which is all about empowering questions. So what was going on here? is that um, you believed it wholeheartedly, but your subconscious knew that, ooh, this is not good. And so your subconscious is gonna take you out of the game. With empowering questions, rather than saying, I know this is gonna work, I'm going to jump into it, you would say, who else do I need to bring into my sphere that will help me get to where I need to go, right? What else do I need to do so you would be asking questions versus taking a step blindly i have I've been there, I've done that, taken the God is with me. Oh no, he's not <laughs> right, and actually he is because you learned a very valuable lesson
1: Yes, I did yes, and the the, the turning point for me. Came uh, in, uh, I, I remember it was the spring. I got, it was early June, I think. I got a phone call from my attorney who was doing a wonderful job helping me manage and forestall all the legal action. And she said, Greg, you've got six more months. And then I can't do anything else. Oh, so I thought, okay, I'm already doing everything that I can. Uh, I haven't sold any of them. Nothing, nothing had happened. Uh, there was Niagara Falls six months ahead, and I didn't have anything to lose. So I said, "Look, you know this quantum physics stuff, the law of attraction stuff, the you know me as the architect of my reality stuff. It wasn't based on foolishness. In fact, I was a devotee of the science." You know, I was still interested in the science. I knew the science was accurate and real and tangible. And I thought, I don't have anything to lose. Maybe there's some way that I can tap into this, harness this power. And and the only thing I could go on was that my positive affirmations, if you will, hadn't worked. So, as you mentioned, the subconscious mind, I thought, well, maybe... What I need to do is be honest with my subconscious mind, and maybe I can coach it into some new beliefs. If I were to do it like I were coaching a, a dog or coaching a small child, rather than grabbing it and moving it up to the head of the class and plopping it into the you know the front row seat and saying, there, now, there you go. You believe you're worthy. Let's start where I really am. And so out of desperation, if you will, I invented this process to grow my beliefs by speaking honestly to my subconscious and using how I really felt to coach myself up subtly and gradually in ways that are very realistic to my subconscious, uh, ways that allow my coach-ups to be heard and assimilated and, uh, and, and, and then allowed to change my beliefs. So short story. Yes. Uh, within a year, I didn't have a dollar of debt. I didn't have any foreclosures. Uh, all my debt was gone and I never declared bankruptcy. And, uh, I, I was just like, Oh my gosh. Uh, I have got to tell people about this. And I've got to start using this in other areas of my life. And I so do,
0: I do want to interject here because this that you're talking about which I love is based on a book called Power Versus Force which is one of my favorite books. And you're talking about the energetic scale. Right? So talk a little bit about like where you were at and some of the things that you do to kind of move up to the next level of energy to sustain it. We can all feel elated for a moment, but you want to get to a sustainable higher vibration, if you will, because we're all just energy. Everything's just vibration. So uh, talk a little bit about how you started to incorporate that.
1: Every time you say something, uh, at least half the time, you, you bring up something that could be a whole nother podcast topic. <laughs> uh, what I've learned and, and I've used this process so many times. Uh, I, I, st- I started using it the first time in 2006. It was the first time I ever used it. I'm in the middle of using it right now. In fact, I use it all the time. What I do is, uh, in an area of my life, a part of my reality that is dissatisfying, and important enough to me that I'm willing to do something about it, and I try to keep a, a, a low threshold of pain. I found serves me in that regard. However, uh, in that part of my life, where I don't know about you, I've tried a lot of things, usually, including you know, s- turning up the radio to cover the, the engine noise mm-hmm. uh, and slapping, you know, like uh, distractive stickers over the empty gas tank, uh, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty well versed with what isn't working. And I simply give myself permission to feel how I really feel about it. And what I found is the best way to do that non-judgmentally, to brave into those feelings that by now i 've mythologized usually uh, to some degree at least, made them into monsters in the closet at this point through avoidance and through deifying them as the ultimate evil that must be escaped uh, they, they've achieved some level of that status by the point that I'm willing to use this process on it. so I ask myself, what must I believe about me, my life, and reality for me to feel this way? And how do I really feel? I I typically will also take the desired reality, the desired version of reality, and I will state it positively as if it's already the way I want it. For example, I might say, I am wealthy. And then I pay attention to my feeling response to that
0: right your your subconscious mind going, yeah, no <laughs> right, right. How do
1: I really feel about that? Mm-hmm. Because, as we both know, our conscious mind, our conscious mind is our CEO. Our conscious mind is in control of our actions, our ideas, our attitudes, our focus, and following through on those things. Uh, our conscious mind is that the the thinker and you know uh in some regards uh the decider in in the sense of you know taking action following through on that action the subconscious mind operates however obviously below our level of awareness so it's it's it can be very mystifying it is very devious very devious well i you know it's funny i Our our subconscious mind has one job primarily, and that is to keep us alive and under that to keep us safe. And the most important component in a human being staying alive and safe is for its reality to be as reliable and predictable as possible. It doesn't guarantee safety doesn't guarantee a long life, but it creates the highest potential and probability for it. So the subconscious assimilated every belief we needed to create a reality in which we could live, engage, operate when we were very small. In fact, we had all the beliefs that we needed before we were out of elementary school. And once those beliefs were stored in the subconscious, it has been able to protect them from change, hence creating the highest level of predictability and and reliability. Uh, It has been able to protect them from change by only understanding how we really feel. Our subconscious does not understand word-based communication. It does not understand logic and reasoning. It does not understand emotions that deviate too far from how we really feel. So all of our positive affirmations, all of our positive thoughts in areas of our lives where there's too much pain for our tastes, uh, all, those, all that positivity, it makes us feel good in the moment. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, positive affirmations have a lot of wonderful uses. They're a legitimate tool for, you know, uh, inner world, outer world mastery. Uh, they have their place. However, when it comes to raising beliefs that are manifesting a dissatisfying reality, they're out of their depth. Uh, that is not their proper function. So uh, one might say, okay, if I start by saying and, and reconciling and squaring up with how I really feel, so I... I how do I really feel about this? Well, I'm taking an i'm 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 having an emotional vomit on the page. These are not good feelings. This is not a uh, uplifting narrative that I am writing down. But I journal that out. The whole kit and caboodle. It's only for me, so I'm holding nothing back. I call it uh, radical emotional honesty. I'm doing it for myself. It's not an outside audience. Um, So I just go, go, go till it's, till it's there. And once it's out on the page and I'm able to give it a feeling label. And what I found, I I borrowed a emotional guidance chart, uh, or, or was inspired to create my own by, uh, Abraham Hicks. And so I created an emotional reference chart. It's an ascending list of emotional states. And I, and I simply find where I am currently, and then the task becomes, okay, well, let me look at the very next one up the chart, and let me write about this part of my reality from that perspective. So I, I might begin at worry and doubt, and then the my next task is to write myself into um, – Maybe
0: possibilities. Because no, okay, I'm
1: going believe- yeah, it it. to get my actual emotional reference chart out. So I'm not.
0: So so that chart that Abraham Hicks has that she uses, Esther uses, is based off the, the scientific study that is in the book Power Versus Force, which yeah. this has been scientifically charted. These are not like whimsical. These are real emotional vibrational changes at each level
1: sure yeah sure if in, in my latest trip up the chart gail after i did my emotional vomit uh i found myself at uh worry and nervousness now that is the 16th on my chart that is the 16th emotional state out of 23 and the next state to write my way into that's one tick above worry and nervousness is frustration and aggravation. And I, I think it's funny when I'm talking to people about this, uh, this concept, and they're not familiar with it. Well, the first thought naturally is, well, wait a minute, frustration and aggravation is not a positive emotional state. It's not. Uh, that's true. <laughs> and that's by design. Right. Because if I try to jump into a a traditionally positive emotional state from where I am now, my subconscious is going to ignore everything that I'm right. saying.
0: I, I, it, no, it, you can't it's not going to punish me. You, no, but right. you can't I get can. there from here.
1: So the, the beautiful thing about this process, what, what I just love about it though, is that what I find, even though on the surface, uh, uh what is it? Frustration and aggravation does not appear to be any more positive than worry and nervousness. Might even sometimes sound less positive. When I start, I I I write the the definitions down and I look up the definition. I look up the def I write the emotions down and look up the definitions. And I use to script and just, you know, kind of push me into my writing, like, okay, uh, you know. How, how does uh, in the case of uh, frustration and aggravation, you know, so aggravation means that, you know, like uh, I'm bent out of shape. Now, that's not the dictionary definition, but and I start thinking about this. Well, am I bent out of shape? Is that yet? You know, how how can I feel bent out of shape? It certainly is not a reach. You know, yes, absolutely. I'm bent out of shape about this. And I start writing about how I'm bent out of shape about it. It's different. It's more. What I found is every tick up the scale is slightly more empowering. It's slightly more uh, engaging. It invites me into the process and makes me a more authentic change agent. Slowly but surely, of course.
0: Yes. By tick. Well, the thing what I hear by design. I hear possibility. There was no possibility before frustration. When you're frustrated, that means you can see there's a possibility.
1: Absolutely. Right? Things like that, yes. Things like that come out, uh, and it is fantastic. And I sometimes, even from the lower emotional states, uh, because after I write about it, what I do then is I spend a day manifesting this part of my reality from that perspective. Now, once again, it's not hard to do. This isn't a quantum leap of positivity. Uh, The, 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 you know, I spoke to how it's more engaging, more empowering, and that's very true. As you said, you, you, you know, you gave an example of how that works. Um, You will be surprised at what comes out and how it actually is a little better from that perspective and sometimes it almost seems like, you know, okay, I got this. But it keeps scaffolding, just staying with the process. And, it, and, and yeah, I can look at my chart and I can see that at the top is love and ecstasy. Like I know where I'm going. But the truth is, when I'm using my process, uh, when I, you know, I, and I see successes and I get good feelings and I get excited and I get encouraged, and that's real. And I love that. I also knowing that eventually, you know, one day at a time, I, I will reach love and ecstasy, I don't want to make I, I don't want to figure this out from this state as much as I'm appreciating this state and benefiting from this state and seeing the real change in my reality, from this state, because, Gail, the bottom line is, and going back to quantum physics you know we we are systems there's many ways that a human can be described as a system and they're all very accurate uh, i like to talk about how we are a system of god body and reality and and i write about that i have a whole chapter devoted to that in my book however we want to describe ourselves as systems there's one aspect of a system that is really key to us here and that is When a system changes, it always automatically changes its environment. So in a process like this belief-raising process, and we spoke before we started recording about how manifesting, mastering the outer world is an inner journey. It's best done as an inner journey. There are definitely times where we need to reach out and do something to the outer world, like to provide for our safety or our health. I mean interventions, things that that we should pay attention to and take care of. Uh, However, the best changes always occur by starting inside out. And that adheres to new science, because we know when we change this system, we always change our reality. And that's, you know, it doesn't just take place in my belief raising process. But I can tell you right now, in the middle of my, I, I'm currently at uh, hopefulness and optimism in in my current use of my belief raising process, and it is always so exciting to watch and see my reality change in real time, right in front of my eyes. And it, as you know, um, that's not always um, boom a pot of gold appears. Those kind of miracles are. Really cool. Um, It's often, actually, I'll even say it's most often happens. From this new perspective, this part of my reality that was there before suddenly has a doorknob on it. Or suddenly, wow, that used to be a problem. I can now see an opportunity there that kind of change. And that may not be as bombastic and fantastic. And I don't mean to knock bombastic and fantastic, because I love that. I love having fun. I celebrate those tangible, you know, unexplainable miracles that, that we can facilitate right in front of our eyes. I also love the, the parts of changing reality that, that uh, don't necessarily make you know, 4th of July fireworks.
0: No, but for, for me, what typically happens is the right person shows up, the right opportunity shows up, or I'm in a conversation with someone who brings up a subject that I've been like thinking about. And, and I no longer go, oh, that's odd. I actually go, thank you. And then continue, right? I I, I thank the gods, right? Thank you, right? I know that you did this. Thank you. Right. And from a a quantum physics perspective, I know I created that opportunity. Right. I created what is happening around me. And I know that seems fantastical to so many people. But look at so I'll give the example of when I wrote my book. I think I I shared this with you in, in our interview. I literally had no home. I, had, I was deep in credit card debt. Um, I had no job. My business was gone. And, you know, there's a whole story as to how that happened that's not important right now. And I started writing empowering questions. And I had a goal of credit card gone, debt gone, living in a luxury apartment and being able to travel whenever I wanted to see my children who were nowhere near where I was living. By the end of that year, I was living in a beautiful luxury apartment, I had no debt, and I had a contract that allowed me to work remotely, so could visit my family whenever I wanted, and I was rebuilding my business, right? How did that happen? You know, it was not magic, and yet it was, because I believed because I used empowering questions and empowering questions say, what more can, who else does? I looked for what more can I do today to move me towards that desire? Who can I call today and and talk about? right? And so I made energetically the waves to call in the right people, the right situations, and exactly what I was looking for.
1: percent in fact, Referencing uh, some of those ways that, uh, you, you know, it, it, in my story, the, the catalyst for all that uh, personal and financial turmoil and uh, explos- explosive bad news, all those decisions I made, the way that I went about it, uh, yeah, it would never occur to me to do that today. Not, not because I'm a smarter person. "Quote unquote." Um, certainly, I'm more mature. I have the benefit of experience. I have the curse of wisdom. I have all those things. Uh, you know, I'm older today than I've ever been, so I uh, can't discount that. And at the same time, uh, the process of you know wanting to change the outer world for me uh, has 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 been a just a wonderful carrot on a string uh with the with the side benefit of actually making my life here better but the carrot on the string part is it gets me to go inside it because eventually no matter what i i always bump into the limit of my capacity much sooner if i'm not going on an inward journey so in that sense our our desires for a Fun life, a successful life, a fulfilling life here on this earthly world in three d time space. I believe they're here on purpose that we're we're designed to have these desires so that we can take this journey. You know it, it's funny i I retired from i was a, I was the most public facing member of the administrative team of the one of the top performing magnet high schools in the United States. And I was the admissions director for 21 years. And I retired last July 1st to become a full-time author. Well, I went back to the school yesterday for the first time since retirement for uh, they, they invite uh, folks that are in their uh, parent teacher student association hall of fame Back every year for a luncheon. And I went back, and people were saying, Well, how do you like retirement, Greg? And oh, no, I'm not retired. I'm not retired. I'm too young for that. I retired to become a full time writer. And I came home, and I'd said that to many people. I went for a run yesterday, and I channel when I run. I get into flow states and I channel. And uh, one of the things that was communicated to me is, Greg, you didn't retire to become a writer you retired to take this journey full time and along the way, write and talk and teach about it. And that, you know, that I'm, I'm thinking back to, you know, what you had said about the way that our reality changes. And, you know, I, I might share that insight with my wife or somebody else and they, and they might say, well, yeah, obviously, But that's not where I was, and and a shift like that. You know how much pressure that took off me, just that. And and it's real, it's believable, it's achieved, it's warranted, it's deserved. I've lived my way into it. I'm living my way into it. And what I love about, you know, this path, this journey, is that I get to spend the rest of my life playing a game called grow a greater me, you know? Well,
0: that's just it. If you read my recent books, one that just came out, one I'm in the middle of right now, I talk about life is just a game, you know? And so one of the things I say to my clients and I'll say at a keynote, don't take yourself so seriously. It's just a game. And what happens in a game? Some people lose, some people win. What happens when you lose? You 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 brush yourself up and you get ready for the next game. You don't take your ball and go home and never play again, right?
1: Uh, I I want to share with you. Uh, I had as a guest on on my podcast uh, a, a fellow named Kenan Burton, who. Uh, was a wide receiver for the university of Kentucky and still is an all-time record holder for them. And then he was drafted by the St. Louis Rams and he played for three years for the, for that NFL team. Uh, and it hurt his knee, you know, an athlete story. I was talking to him because of what he's done since then. However, that athletic part of his story, here's a, here's a, a, an athlete. He was the leading receiver for the Rams that year that he hurt his knee when he hurt his knee. So it's pretty reasonable to say that, uh, barring that injury, he would have gotten a second contract. He would have gotten some life-changing money. He's done wonderful things since then, amazing things since then. And in fact, now looks back and says his knee injury was exactly how it was supposed to happen. Right. I'm bringing him up to say that, uh, something he shared with me that I will never forget is uh, he said that people make the mistake of thinking that um, losing is failing. He said losing is learning. And I'm like, Keenan, I get that. I get that. But what about in a football game when there's only two outcomes, win or lose? And you've got the ball and you get tackled and get stopped at the one yard line right as the clock runs out. Like, are you telling me that is learning too? And he said, look, Greg, winning and losing, they feel differently, but they are both information and they are both feedback for you to use and change, get better, grow, learn. Well, I always put it in the order of uh, learn, grow, change. And 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 who am I to refute somebody at at that level and in such a literal way? Uh, absolutely, our entire life, every part of my life today, in every moment, I should assess. If I'm going to assess, and I'm going to assess, I should assess it formatively, not summatively it is a work in progress and everything is
0: in business we call a SWOT right strength weakness opportunities threat or Mm -hmm. in program and project management which was my forte lessons learned lessons learned what went well Well, let's keep on doing that here's why it went well let's keep that let's not lose that what could we do better Mm -hmm. and then implement what we learned that we can do better next time. And that's how you improve. And if you can do that with yourself, I, I stop and I say, okay, what was the lesson? What was the gift? How can I take that lesson in gift and incorporate that in changing my life moving forward? And then whatever happened can stay in the past because i reaped the purpose of it is mm-hmm. the lesson and the gift
1: you pulled what you and and you and the beauty of that too Gail is you got to decide right right you were the source of that so however close as it was going to be possible to get to you know just what you needed you can't you can't create a higher potential for that than you being the source
0: right right so um very interesting so go ahead
1: I like to I I I know you do this too, but you, you highlighted that, uh, that internal process you go through where you, you, you ask yourself, and I assume you're, you're generally doing that throughout the day as you're, you know, oh, someone cuts me off in traffic or, right. uh, oh, I'm late to this meeting or, Hey, this person paid for my coffee or, you know, whatever. Um, I, one of the things I love to do, uh, write about this, this gets an entire section in, in my new book, uh, I love to create accountability. I have a technique I call uh, create a positive checkmate where when something's important enough to me, I make sure that I am open and sharing with other people what it is that I'm doing, why I'm doing it, what the expected outcomes are um, and and I, now I and I will say now I, uh, making myself accountable obviously has some very uh Easily identifiable uh, benefits. You know, it's it's going to be harder for me to uh, pull the ripcord and bail out. I certainly am not going to be able to like slink away when the going gets tough. So I really love to use that technique when with things that are really important to me, like my health, my fitness, my relationships, my marriage, uh, my you know, my fatherhood. um, those parts of my life where I have never been successful at either shrinking myself into someone who can accept that I'm really not worthy of what I desire. I've also never been able to authentically stop caring about those areas of my life being fulfilling experiences.
0: Right. Exactly. And, um, and I love that, uh, that accountability piece of accountability, um, is, is it important to me? So when I think of my my top values, my top personal values, which is community, tribe, truth, um, authenticity, minus authenticity, right? Um, and however you define that for me, it is, you know, I have to tell you the truth. And, um, and I have to first tell myself the truth. Right. And I think that is where our subconscious and conscious mind play a dance of, you know, of, of hiding the truth because who wants to admit that they're ashamed? Um, I was talking with someone, we we're talking about two time divorce. She's a two time divorcee, as am I. And the first time that you divorce, you feel like you have, you know, the letter A for adulteress. you know, you have the letter D, divorcee. Right, yeah. and and I was I was marked. I was I was. This is your fault, Gail. You're, it's the woman's job to keep a marriage together. I was married to a narcissist. It was really tough, but I believed that, and so I felt that shame, right? And then the second marriage, I kept together far too long because I was shamed from the first marriage, right? And now feeling like a complete failure, right? And did I articulate that to anyone? Absolutely not. What I did learn, not from the divorces, but from one more situation, is why I chose those situations. And what did I not learn the first time that I had to relearn the second time, right? And how do I need to change so I don't have to have that lesson again? And and The powerful motivator. Right, right, right. You don't want that lesson again. Um, and avoiding it by the way, creates resistance and you will have the lesson again. So 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 you know, don't try to avoid it, right? You create the energy, the resistance, that means you're going to have the, the lesson again.
1: Gail, I call that I call that doing further research.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Um I, I've done a lot of further research in, in my life. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, until I decided that, um, no, it's time for me to get honest with me, right? And that means, you know, I call it warts and all, you know, and when you look at what you think is terrible about who you are, you you look past that and you start to see the beautiful person that's underneath. And, and it'll be very, very quick here because I want us to wrap this up and I'd like to hear just a little bit more from you. Um one of the ahas I've had recently, and I might even put it in my current book, is, you know, for years, I've been working on the inner child, working on the inner child, being the, the adult and taking care of the inner child. And um, just last week, I'm like, well, that's BS. That doesn't work anymore. The inner child is fine. The inner child was never broken. The inner child never needed the work. That was just a story that I made up. What I want to do, and I don't want to say need, what I want to do instead is look at this being that is is above the parent, this celestial energy that I am, and step into that. Because the inner child comes with me, the parent comes with me, and this benevolent energy that we are sourced from is really where I want to move towards. So I stopped moving away. So we have some sub subroutines, by the way, metaprograms of moving away. We can have a whole other conversation about metaprograms. And I've stopped moving away instead of moving towards mm. what I want to be instead. It's really kind of interesting as we evolve how our perspective perception starts to change
1: absolutely you know something as as it that can sound as cliche yet is so incredibly profound as for me using running as a way to discover and reconnect with what i can do and that sounds like a throw you know that sounds like um uh what do you call that? You know, like soda can wisdom or, you know, and it's truth. But it is the, it is so true. And what I found is there, there are ways to help me do that. You know, uh, one of the, one of the most powerful ways that I found is to employ my feelings as feedback, is to employ them as information. They are a nonstop. In fact, I write about how. Our body is actually a very sophisticated and elegant energy transfer system. You know, energy transfer systems exist throughout our material world. They transform one thing into another. Our body transforms reality into feelings. And those feelings that are painful and ugly and scary, those are shadows cast by incapable beliefs and inadequate efforts of engagement with reality um those shadows they we can use them as breadcrumb trails back to and leading us back to see the inadequate beliefs and engagement and the beautiful part about that is that to employ feelings as feedback and they are in 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 my experience in my 56 years, the most precise and helpful feedback I've ever gotten, um, all I need to do is process them. So feel them and then do something with them physically, to do something physically.
0: So they don't uh, anger been, in your body.
1: No, they don't, because there's, there's a, a lot of physiological research that I've been reading about lately about how our muscles uh, uh develop, they display characteristics of consciousness in 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 terms of the the chemical messaging that they engage in and when we use them they do a very special form of chemical messaging and they 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 release uh knowledge into our body right. As you're so right uh unprocessed emotions get stored like our muscles are filing cabinets, right. And they stack up. So, you know, there's a, there's a physiological and psychological and emotional and spiritual reason to process emotions. Uh, in addition to though, what I'm speaking to, which is when I process them, it allows me then to, uh, to quit using the, the emotion to define who I am, to quit judging myself for the emotion and to quit using the emotion to judge myself and actually utilize it as feedback because once again that emotion is being produced by a belief or some level of, or some way I'm engaging it's not being produced by who I am it's being produced by something I'm doing and 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 so it is it is inappropriate for me to use an emotion to define who I am, because that has nothing to do with who I am.
0: It's It's a stream of information. Define themselves, first of all, outside themselves. You know, I'm a teacher. Like, I don't even like to say I'm an empowerment coach. I am, I am, I am, right? It's, but okay. So for the purpose of third dimensional life, okay, I am an empowerment coach so that you understand but in reality, you need something
1: to put on the shingle, Gail.
0: Oh, you know, only right? only so you can see it. But if if we right. if we really get into it, right, the second I identify myself outside of who I am internally, then I am no longer being authentic with who I am. Right, and it, with authenticity being one of my top five values, I feel a dissonance when that happens right and i feel it frequently in conversations from other people and i don't call it out but my bs meter goes off and i right like oh man they're hiding oh my god they have such pain that they are living with and that they're carrying you know i could help them release that pain but it's not my job i it's it is what i do but it's not my job right um when they're ready they know who i am I'm here. And that's all I can do is be here. I don't chase people down. I don't corner people. It's like, I just show up and I'm here when you're ready. Right. Because it's, it's just people still need to identify themselves as something. And when you say, I am angry, hello, what does angry look like? Tell me, describe, describe this, this, I am anger thing. You know, and there's an exercise for you to do, to, like describe it, and describe it not with a feeling, but describe it as a fifth, third dimensional real thing. Is it a square? Is it a triangle? Is it hard? Is it soft? Right. Where is it in your body? Because it is in your body. You can describe what it looks like and you can take it out and you can like dissolve it if you want in your very hand. Right, because it is not real. It is an energy that you're holding on to, and you want to unlock that. You don't want to discount it. You want to understand it, get the lesson, get the gift, and like you do, right. learn from the experience. Right?
1: Don't don't be confused about what you really are, right. you know. And and I know that uh, I know, Gail. We've talked about this, and and this uh, you're no stranger to. To understanding and embodying these concepts, who you really are, one way we could say this is you're an archipelago, and uh, you know it's a common misperception that an archipelago is a chain of islands chain of islands is part of an archipelago it's the part that's above the surface the the vast majority of an archipelago is a, is a, is a gigantic underwater landmass. Right. The islands are just where it breaks the surface.
0: It's the mountain. Now, top.
1: every single,
0: what's that? It's the mountaintops.
1: It's the mountaintops. Okay. Yeah. Every single Island is, is actually the archipelago. It's just mm-hmm. a little part of it that's up here. And, and uh, that was actually channeling about this yesterday on the run too, that uh, everything above the surface is the material world. And up here, uh, we're all separate. Each one of us is an island. You know, uh, there are certain characteristics that we embody that allow us to collapse quantum field and in, in form a concrete material reality. Uh, and everything under the surface in in this metaphor is all archipelago, but it is not just a rock landmass. It is infinite possibilities because right. anything and everything can be found under that surface at any point, anywhere, at any time. And there's just some amazing, so many amazing things that go on in this world that show us that this is really true. That what's really inside of Gail is God, and what's really inside of Greg is God, and what's really inside of everything is God. And uh, and I, I want to emphasize here: when I say the word God, I'm not referring to any religion.
0: All right, being I'm
1: referring, I'm I'm referring to a universal consciousness. Right. And 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 I am that universal consciousness. I am a particular island that's bringing it to life. That is literally bringing it forth into the above the surface world, and Gale is, and so many other things here are doing the very same thing.
0: That's a, just amazing. And you know, Greg, you and I could talk for seventy-five hours and still not be exhausted but we're going to wrap this up. So I know that you have a book coming out. Let's talk about the book. And then if people want to get in touch with you and know more about what you do and maybe work with you, how would they do that?
1: Thank you for asking, Gail. Uh, My book is called A Handbook for Those Already Born. I should have it back from the editor by the end of next week and my editor is very good with <laughs> timelines and and uh, deliverables so i really think that that'll happen i'm laughing because as a writer i, I don't always meet my deadlines but no. she does so, so eta
0: when when will it ETA. be available
1: it should it, you know it should be this summer i have some <laughs> final decisions to make about it so it could be as soon as as you know late may or june but it won't be long I know that. This will be book number eight for me. And if anyone's interested uh, in reading some of my other titles, uh, Greg Kuhn on Amazon is the easiest way to find them. However, also, I would love for folks to join me uh, in my free Facebook manifesting group. In this manifesting group, yes, it's a place for like-minded people to gather and Share and compare notes. I at least four times a month post content exclusively for this group. Uh, it's all manifesting related it's all changing your it's all related to to how I am learning, growing, and changing and so if you join the group, I'd love to give you access to this exclusive content. It's fun to share it with with uh, the folks in the group um that Easy to do, joining this manifesting group, super easy to do. If you go to my website, which is manifestthebigstuff.com backslash, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the wrong thing. The Facebook group, please look up on Facebook. It's called Manifest the Big Stuff with Greg Kuhn creating our realities together.
0: I will put a jump... link in the notes so people can click right into it.
1: And what I was jumping ahead on yeah. is I actually Gail knowing that your latest book which I have on order, I haven't got in my hands yet. Cuz I know it it just came out last month, right?
0: Right.
1: End of the month. Um is about it's called crafting the flow and I love I've written a free short book, six page book uh, for your listeners. It's called uh, Running Induced Flow States oh. Collaborating with Universal Consciousness. And in it, I describe exactly how I use running to achieve flow states and then how I use those flow states to channel from Universal Consciousness you can actually begin to to replicate what i do by reading this short book uh, and that web address that i was starting to right, give right okay this book is available for free by simply going to my website mm-hmm. manifestthebigstuff.com /flow <laughs> I love manifest <laughs> backslash flow. I really, I, I, I haven't I'm shared about it. this explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would love to, uh, share this with, with your listeners and, uh, it's something I'm going to be talking about on my podcast and vodcast, uh, in a few months,
0: I would think. Right flow is so important. So thank you so much, Greg, for your time and, you know, very compelling conversation as always. And folks, thank you for spending the time with us. This is Gail Kraft from the Empowering Process podcast. If you liked this episode, give us a thumbs up. If something came up, do make some notes. If you have a question, let us know. We most definitely will get back together and address that question that you have. And if you know someone who could benefit from this particular episode, please do share it out with them. And always, always, always be sure to subscribe so you get notified about all of the Empowering Process Podcast podcasts. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye, Greg. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast be sure to visit Gail at galecraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.